Welcome to Joyful Marketing. I'm Simone Soul, and I teach you how to get your life coaching practice fully booked without having to pay for ads, buy Instagram followers, or complicated sales funnels. It's not rocket science, and you can do it too. Listen on to find out how. Hey friends, what's up? Do you know what's really funny? I've had my clients tell me recently, Simone, I was listening to your podcast and I heard my baby cry and I went to go check on them. And then I saw that they're actually fine. And then I realized what was happening was it was your baby crying in the background, not mine. (laughs) I had multiple clients tell me this and I thought it was so funny. And I just felt like it was important for me to acknowledge, hey, I work in my home office, which is just, just a room in my apartment. I live in a an apartment that's, I don't want to say it's tiny, but it's not huge either. It's a very typical apartment in the urban jungle of Seoul. And I'm lucky enough to have a wonderful nanny who takes care of my son while I work during the day. But you know, wherever he is in the apartment, whatever he's doing, if he's crying, it's going to be audible in my, in my room, right? And my clients who are on my calls are going to hear it. And you, my dear friend <laughs> listening to this podcast, are going to hear it. And I could wait until my baby stops crying to do these podcasts, but you know what? The show must go on. Like y'all are just going to have to hear some baby crying. Not everybody has a giant house. It is just what it is. Just know that if you hear it, it's my baby, not yours. It's not a phantom baby that you have. Anyhow, hashtag mom life. Show must go on. Today, I'm pleased to bring you a conversation I did with my friend and colleague, Karen Gillen, She's another business mentor for life coaches, and Karen and I have so much in common in terms of our business philosophy. We are both all about creating a business that's deeply aligned with who you are and that supports the kind of life you want to have. And she's also like the opposite of me. She's super calm and grounded and wise. And I just feel so good when I talk to her, and I know that you're going to feel really good after hearing her too. I actually had her on my podcast like literally two years ago when we were both multiple six-figure coaches and kind of like talking about that. And we've both grew up a lot since then and wanted to catch up. And this time she interviewed me. She asked me all the questions and I have to tell you, she's an amazing interviewer and I got to pick a little bit of her brain too. And you're going to hear me talk really candidly about how to actually create a business that feels joyful, what the true cost of that is and how I had the most miserable time of my life during my maternity leave, and why that was so valuable for me. And Karen and I also shared about our respective 2022 goals, and what she told me as her goal kind of blew my mind, and I can't wait for you to hear it too. And there's so much more that I think you're going to find super interesting, whether you're starting out in business or whether you're a grizzly veteran like Karen and I are. It's not Karen, it's Karen. I know that. (laughs) Brain farts. Anyhow, Here is Karen and I talking about all the things. Have a listen. I know you're going to enjoy it. Hello, humans. (laughs) We are here with Simone Soul, and we're going to talk about a lot of things. But before we dive right in, in case you don't know her already, Simone, will you introduce yourself? Sure. I am a coach who teaches other coaches how to love coaching. I mean, how to love marketing as much as they love coaching. Right. And I'm the host of the, of the Joyful Marketing Podcast. Um, the grand doyen. Is that the right way to say that word? Doyen. I, okay. I think so. 
Yeah. Okay. The, the grand doyen of the joyful marketing community. I am all about the joy. I'm all about the marketing and helping my beloved, you know, humans in the coaching community help connect their clients and the people they serve in ways that put their whole humanity first. So mm-hmm. obviously you can tell why I'm on Karen's podcast because our philosophies have so much overlap. Yeah, that's true. Humanity. Okay. I had a question Word. I was thinking about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this wording. Tell me about the difference. Like you could call it anything, any kind of marketing, successful marketing, profitable marketing, but you call it joyful. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, can you tell us what's the difference between joyful marketing versus positive marketing? I don't know what the word positive means. Like, I mean, obviously I know what like most people think it means and I know the dictionary definition, but does it mean, does positive marketing mean that we are always talking about happy things and like high vibe things? Because mm-hmm. that, I feel like that can't be an effective way to market coaching because in coaching, we get into things that are not fun and lighthearted. And, you know, if everything was fun and lighthearted, nobody would need any coaching, but life gets dark. Life gets gnarly and messy and ugly and brutal. And that's why we need coaching. Well, we don't need coaching, but that's why we, you know, have coaching. Why I like joy, why I love joy and why I like to put joy at the center of my marketing is that I think that when we feel the emotion of joy, that's how we know we are keyed into our own genius, right? So Mm. joy, when you're feeling joyful, that's different from when you're when you're doing the right thing or when you're following the, the instructions or being joyful is different from, it's even different from being excellent, right? You mm-hmm. can have, feel a tremendous amount of joy doing something while not necessarily being excellent at it, right? And yep. I think we are always attracted to the the frequency, the quality of joy. Joy is infectious. When someone's in their joy, they're in their genius, they're in their creativity, they're in the most open and kind of magnetic sort of energy state that's likely to draw other people in. And I think that has been sort of like the proof to me that I don't care how good you are at copywriting. I don't care how much you know about marketing technology. I don't care if you've paid for fancy branding and strategic this and that. I don't care if you've paid for ads. I don't care if you've been marketing you know, for two days or two years. If you're in your joy, you're doing something profoundly right in a way where you're really inviting other people to connect with you in your most powerful state. So that's my spiel on joy. Mm -hmm. And when people come in or they come into contact with your work, what happens when they haven't been coming from joy? Like, are you seeing people come in and do, you know, 180 shifts? Are you seeing people come in and make slight pivots? Is it all the above? How do they stick with themselves when they add joy? I think it starts, well, a lot of people start from a start small pivot and then it eventually turns into a 180 because unless they're coming to me already being like Karen, <laughs> they're de- most people's default is not going to be, hey, what would be fun? What would be human? What would be joyful? Most people's default is going to be, how do I do this right? And yeah. how do I, you know, like just they're going to be wrapped up in their perfectionism and they're going to be used to this way of thinking where in order to create great results, I have to work very hard, right? And I have to 
really like put in, you know, hard work and do things that somebody else told me to do and master the way somebody else told me is the right way. Right. And so I love coaching clients from the very beginning of their business journey where they learn right from the start that they can do things their their own way and attune mm-hmm. to their joy and market from their joy. That's so fun. But Karen, I have to tell you what I love even more is getting the grizzly seasoned entrepreneur <laughs> who's like, <laughs> I'm very successful and I make tons of money, but I hate my life. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I say, okay, how about we start to shift things a little bit <laughs> in the direction of joy. And in the beginning, they're all very resistant because mm-hmm. all the hard work and the hustle and the grind and the pain and misery got them so far. And and what I love allowing them to co-discover with me is that making things fun, make, tune, attuning to joy, prioritizing their rest, prioritizing their play, you know, and really allowing that sort of, I almost want to say like a childlike, you know, creativity, inspiration to flow and being able to follow that. It takes a lot of courage to be able to do that. But once they yeah. do, they find that everything changes. And so I love helping entrepreneurs at every stage of the game. And I recently had a conversation with one of my friends about like, if somebody who was making like $20 million a year, that's, which is a fuck ton more than I'm making, came to me and asked for help um, with their marketing, would I be able to help them? And I actually didn't know the answer to that question until I was asked that question. And I realized mm-hmm. that the an- my answer was, I, I bet I probably could help them a ton. I bet I could help them make way more than $20, $20 million because guess what? I, they're probably not having as much fun as they could be either, right? Mm-hmm. Like their business could be more more joyful. Their marketing could be you know, there are always areas where something in our business can come more alive for us, where we can feel more at home in our own businesses, where something could more congruently bear the frequency of our own joy. And there's always work to do there. And the payoff is so huge. And so I was like, yeah, wherever you are in business, there's nobody who doesn't need joy. Yeah. I think what's coming up for me is that the joy is not prescriptive either. So it's not like we... Yeah, like we don't put we don't infuse joy just into the words you're writing. It's into your life. It's into your everything, and it doesn't even look how you think it might. Because like, where's the where's the? Because I'm thinking about me. For me, joy in my marketing (laughs) is more about what's going on behind the scenes and what I'm letting myself quit than how I'm writing. Right. So like, where are the kind of the weird? fun, different, unexpected places where people have cultivated more joy. And it's totally not what we think it would be. Mm, I love that. And I completely agree. Like how much joy you can bring to your marketing and how much joy you can bring to your copywriting. That is just what we would call the R line. Like that's, that, that's yeah. the result of what shows up when you make internal changes in in how you relate to yourself, right? And how you carry yourself in your life and how you make decisions in every area of, the, of your life. So I completely agree. Um, let me think about that. Well, here's the thing. I don't know if this answers your question exactly, but in my mastermind, one of the very first things we do when they get in the door is, <laughs> this is like, it's going to sound so weird when I describe it, but I, I role play this slightly unhinged, like, super like obnoxiously positive HR director who is, her name is Harmony. And oh my God. <laughs> it's 
I'm like, how weird does this sound? So I role play her. She has like crazy hair and crazy outfit, but she's the HR director for your company, um, everybody's company. And I, in the role of Harmony, like I express how HR is going to be different for this company than all the other companies. And (laughs) my role as HR director, as Harmony is going to be to ensure that you get as much radical amounts of rest as possible. So like if it's in your imagination, we can make make it happen. Right. Whereas in other HR departments, you have to like negotiate how much time you can get. Here's like, like if you say I want two weeks, we're gonna be like, what about 20 weeks? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um and uh so I as Harmony, I negotiate with each one of my clients or I have them negotiate with for you know as much radical crazy amounts of rest and rejuvenation and play as they can and this work at first it makes everybody squirm they hate it <laughs> and they eventually make radical decisions about you know when i was if i was just giving myself crumbs of rest before now i'm going to make it like half of my schedule right and those decisions are like i said they're they're terrifying at first but when my clients actually they follow through on it and they get all of this time to just lay around and do nothing, not be productive. Right. And I remember a one client of mine recently posted in our mastermind group, you know, following her, her negotiations with Harmony, she gave herself all this time to do nothing. And she was so bored. She was like bored out of her mind. And in that boredom, with like, and she secluded herself in like the mountain cabins where there's nothing. And she was like, I'm bored out of my mind. And in that moment, she had this brilliant idea to write an email. And that one email generated like eighteen thousand dollars, <laughs> mm-hmm. and she wasn't in work mode. It's like, and and so we were like, oh my god, boredom is the new money making emotion. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's an example. So I talked about boredom, which is not the same thing as joy, but I think joy and boredom are like cousins, in the sense that they're both emotions that are that are looked upon with a lot of suspicion by <laughs> the, the dominant paradigm. It's like joy. What is that? Are you a child? You know, and boredom, like don't yeah. be bored, be productive. Right. And actually one of my, my most hated quotes, I hate this quote card, like only bored people, boring people are bored. I, I don't you hate that. I hate that because I mean, yeah. on the one, on the one level, I understand the truth of it, but also on the other hand, I feel like it's so shaming. I'm bored. All, yeah. So it much. just brings up fear. Yeah. And I don't think I'm a boring person anyway. So to hell with that. <laughs> so, yeah. Creating boredom is a wonderful way you make space for joy and deciding, like actually making the incredibly courageous decision to create boundaries in your life where you're going to give yourself more rest than ever before. And the way I sat, I'm talking about it right now sounds kind of radical, but you know, maybe like allowing yourself one nap a week when you used to just be go, 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 go and answering the needs to the needs of eight different people, that is radical. So let's start there. Yeah. Right. That those steps create joy. Mm-hmm. There's so much more when I think about experiencing joy. It's like it comes from the inside and wells up versus coming from the outside and coming in. Like, yes. is this because like to really walk through the world and, and run your business from a place of embodied joy and to have access to that? Like, there is nothing outside of you that's going to show you what that looks like. 100%. I think that's so one of the things that makes joy like challenging too, because there's no yeah. roadmap. It's no not roadmap. like all of no these steps cutter. and you'll feel joy. Right? <laughs> yeah. Drink it's coffee at like, 6 a.m. every Tuesday. You'll get there. That, that sounds very unjoyful. <laughs> 
But, but Karen, what you're pointing to, I think, is is the truth of like how joy is something that you have to like undo the other layers, right, to get to the joy that's there. It's it's more about undoing it's an excavation. Doing. It's that's right. Yes, that's it's right. like you're get, getting to the dinosaur bones. Yeah, that's so good. That's so genius because I really think because you said dinosaur bones and dinosaur is that how you say that word i don't know mm-hmm. um yeah. <laughs> so these days i'm like do i still speak english i don't know but <laughs> you're doing great joy is a lot more of a primitive emotion than some others i think because yeah. i watch my like four or five month old baby feel joy now he has emotions, which is so cute. Before it was just like crying. And, mm-hmm. and now I can, he's like, oh, that was like a joyful laughter. That's so fun. And to allow ourselves to un- peel back the layers of socialization and like all the rule following that we, we picked up as, as, a, as grownups, I think it, it returns us to a more primal place. And, and that I think there's so much power there. And also it can be a little bit scary for those same reasons. Like, what do you yeah. mean? Like I built up my armor of like professionalism mm-hmm. and like good enoughness through all of the hard work that I did following the rules. And now I have to go back to like how I felt as a child, you know? So yeah, I think it's very countercultural. Yeah. I think it might be one of those like primal emotions. Like shame is made up based on stories. Fear is made totally. up based like, but joy, it's like, it's effervescent. It comes from the inside. It just I think I think there's a case. Okay. I think there's like primal fear and then, then socialized fear, right? Yeah. So I think yes. primal fear is primal, but socialized fear. But I think, but to be real, right? Like most issues that coaches come up come up with when they are working on their businesses and feeling fear, that's socialized fear. It's not like my, my baby yeah. like having a cry of fear when he thinks I'm gonna drop him, but I'm not going to, right? It's not about your survival, but our brains think it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a really useful prompt. Like when are you in like a socialized emotion versus like a primal emotion? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. What do you think we can have joy without courage in this world? I think it's hard. I think mm-hmm. you can, you can accidentally come upon joy once in, in a while. At least that's my experience, right? Where you like shoot tea out of your nose on accident because like right. something was just so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, that yeah. happened. Um, but to me, it wasn't reliable when I didn't know how to be courageous. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, it would happen. I'd get a taste of like, uh, it would feel like, oh, this feels like this feels like home. This emotion, <laughs> this fleeting, effervescent, joyful emotion that I experienced for half a second because something really random happened. It feels so good and not like la 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 good. It felt really, really good. Like in my soul, what was that? Mm-hmm. Why, why do I never more? feel that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I felt. Because for so many of my, my life, so many years of my life, I didn't know how to be courageous on purpose. And once I learned how to be courageous on purpose, I have so much more joy that I know I, I, I feel proactive about creating it. I feel powerful about being able to create it. And I know how to create more of it in the places that I want in my life. And that feels so much more powerful. Mm, that's fine. Because like, like I said, it's not because you have to like create joy from courage. It's because the joy is already there and you need the courage to undo the layers of socialization, undo the stories, undo the, right. That's, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. What 
for you, what's on the kind of the cutting edge of your joyfulness? Like, what are you leaning into? Oh, that's a great question. And, you know, my answer to that right now is I'm learning how to feel and discover and become intimate with the joy of holding more power and influence. Mm -hmm. And my work for the past couple of months has been kind of teasing apart my reactive, like reflexive fear and suspicion and distrust of power and influence. Like when I have it, when I, when I have it, I'm like, Oh, what is that? I don't like it. Get it, get it off of me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I realized, Oh, that's probably just like patriarchal programming. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then, so, we weren't socialized to hold power. Exactly. So it feels very yeah. foreign when, when I find out that I have it. it feels very foreign and weird and suspicious when I found that when I find myself being influential. And so you know, I know that my ambition is to become so much more powerful and so much more influential than I, than I am now. And I've been asking myself a lot, what if, what if that can be and is joyful? And what if the only right way or not the right way, but you know, the only way I want to go about pursuing that is through, is through joy. And when I first, when that question was first sparked in my brain, it like made no sense to me, like how that, you know, power and influence, that just sounds heavy and burdensome and scary. <laughs> and how could that be joyful? But since I've allowed my brain to percolate on that, you know, now I see so much more possibility, you know, having more power and influence is like having like bigger toys to play with. It's just like more fun. <laughs> and joy has always been at the root, right? Like, did you have power and influence before you had such access to your own joy? No, no way. Yeah. Yeah. You're, so it's yeah, the same right. treat. Like coaching me at the same time, Karin. Sorry. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're, you're right. Like joy, joy is what got me to my, my current power and influence and more joy mm-hmm. is going to be what gets me to even more. And it's not only the way, but it's the product. Right. And I, I think that with my business and my mission, the more power and influence that I personally have, the more joy people are going to feel in the world because joy is my business, right? So I was just thinking, I was actually just thinking about that yesterday, having my mind quietly blown all by myself. Like, oh my God, I'm here to like spread more (laughs) joy. And the more joy I spread, the more money I make, the more powerful I get. That's crazy, right? (laughs) This is amazing. Yeah, it's it is very awkward because it's just so against the dominant paradigm, right? Of mm-hmm. like money and influence and power being about all kinds of things like like exploitation and inequality and all these things that are so far from joy. So I'm like, oh, what if I'm a pioneer in linking yeah. power and influence and money with joy and all of the cousin qualities of joy as I like to think about it, which are like we talked about courage, even boredom, because boredom is just like space for other things to happen, right? Space for Um, joy to come. Yeah. Yeah. And like love and play and creativity and all of that. So when I think about that, I'm like, oh, damn, that's juicy. Right. I mean, it seems like you're one of the people who believe a new way is coming. Well, I feel like, I don't know if it's coming, but I'm going to create it. (laughs) Right. Like, why not be a pioneer? The thing that wants to happen and wants to happen through you. Totally. Yeah. And so are you. Yeah. I'm all about it. I love power. Tell me me more (laughs) about your thoughts about power or the new way. Tell me about yours. 
I mean, I think there's just a lot of stories that were made up by a lot of people who are dead and we're all living in them and we're recreating them all the time. And that's completely optional. And so if we don't like the world we live in or you don't like the story that you keep hearing about money or seeing about money or feeling about money or power and influence, like we get to write the new way and it will feel weird. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite thing about money and power that maybe you have been surprised by or maybe you weren't surprised? Spaciousness. Ooh, that's, that's my good. favorite thing. I mean, it's also Tell a top value of mine. <laughs> so, but like money I mean, and power create more spaciousness. Mm-hmm. That's also for definitely me, a cousin quality of joy. Joy. Yeah, it is joy for me for sure. It's just that room for things that are unexpected to come in. Like my annual goal for next year is actually having enough spaciousness that I get to say yes to everything I really want to do like any random invitation that actually I, I really want to say yes to. That's I love plan. that. I yeah. love that. I have a similar goal for myself for my business next next year is I am intentionally not setting a, a super ambitious like revenue goal because there are so many things I want to do with my business where it just feels super fun. Mm-hmm. And I just want to explore and get in there like it's my playground and try this. Yes. What happens if I put this here? What if I, happens if I put these two together and then just let shit happen without this pressure of like, oh, this needs to bring in twice as much revenue, right? So that's a little bit different from what you're saying, but kind of similar. Feels the same to me. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, and I think that is, that's privilege and that is power. And I yeah. think how we, then how do we show up? And for me, use it in more and more ways that are equitable. Like how mm-hmm. do I... Show how do I spend my money now that I have more spaciousness? How do I choose to spend my money in ways that line up with my values more and more and more? Same totally. thing, with and my you have time. much much more of that choice when you have more money and power. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so good. But I, I mean, I think what's it's been interesting to watch so many conversations around power in group coaching and one on one coaching I've been doing lately. Like power is on people's minds. And so I love that really? you brought it up here today. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's on my mind too. I wonder if it's because we're like collectively going through a thing where women are starting to have power and we're like, what is this? Let's talk about this yeah. strange thing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I love about you, Karen, is that unlike me, you're so like Zen and calm and, <laughs> and you're just like a different example of what's possible in terms of power doesn't need to be like so loud and splashy like I am. It can also <laughs> just be very grounded and calm. <laughs> like, yeah, like you're such look- a low key person, but like in the best way. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> right. And you're you in the best way. Like that's, I mean, I think this is what's important about being influential and, and speaking out loud and saying what you think and feel is people get to see what it looks like from you, from me, from some other people. But yeah, that's so important so, yeah. to, to, for people to have examples like you and examples like me. Cause yeah. And when every single one of our clients or people in the audience um, accesses their own power and influence and money, it's going to look completely different from you or me, right? Yep. It's going to come from their individual genius. No matter how bad they want to wear glasses like you, they might not need the glasses. <laughs> and it still might be just as potent, right? And I want to say, if you do want to try them out, I won't be like, oh, you're copying me. Be like, try them out. They're just toys. Who cares? <laughs> they are toys. Yeah. You could wear scrunchies. You could wear headbands. Like, pick your thing. I'm That's doing nail right. polish today. Cool. 
yeah, so play around, play around with your power and your influence. But speaking remember also that it's serious. Yes. Speaking of all of that, can we briefly talk about motherhood? Yes, I wanted to before we before we wrap okay, up. Let's do it. So when I had my daughter, I I'd been a life coach already for like five years, but not working full time. I went to the life coach school, 35 or 36 weeks pregnant, did my six days in-person training, came home, had a baby. And then I I had this like aha moment of like, I was holding her. I was like, oh, that whole business thing, it's not a hobby anymore. So for Mm -hmm. me having a baby, she was a catalyst for it to get serious. And I remember like I built a website holding her on my chest and I shot video and I did all these things with her as this very, very tiny baby. And it really took off from there. So I'm curious how, because you're kind of having your baby, it seems like on the other end of things like that, how it's been for you. So my baby was born in July. And so it's coming like four months-ish or yeah, that's about right. And Actually, today's also my two-year like marriage anniversary with my husband as well. That's, oh, happy anniversary. I don't know why that's relevant, but just like in the theme of family and stuff, right? Yeah. 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 The thing that's been the most fascinating to me, the biggest change my having my baby, my first, has brought to me is that I, I discovered, I found my like like a new level of how profoundly badly I can feel in my life and still mm. survive and still create. <laughs> I said badly, but that's not even the most precise word. It's like how chaotic, how like unmoored, how like just like rocked by hormones and fatigue. And it's like a lot of like primal, intense emotions that Mm -hmm. have very little to do with like my bubbly, like you know, professional persona, right? Yeah. Um, the, my, the first part of my pregnancy, actually all of it was really hard, but especially the first, like for first trimester, I had to be horizontal all day long. Um, otherwise I would just, I just like never could never stop vomiting. And Ugh. you know, the last trimester was really hard. Like it is for everybody. And I took two months off for mat leave. And those two months were like the worst of my entire life. <laughs> yeah. It really was and- really hard for me too. Really hard. And you know how before I knew like theoretically, oh, a lot of moms, you know, get postpartum depression. It's like a thing. I I, I thought, oh, I, I'm probably at risk because I have a depressive personality. I have been, you know, clinically depressed like many times before. So I was like, oh, I'm at risk. But after having gone through a postpartum, I'm like, how is like not every mother profoundly <laughs> depressed after this experience? <laughs> Yeah. Just a good because question. Like, you stop being a person, you start being like a milk factory and it's like your sleep doesn't it's not important. Like your life, your priorities, we don't care about that. You got to keep this little thing alive and cater to its every need and be awake 24 hours. And at some point I got I got a nanny and things started to get so much better, but but I really went through a really dark time and I had a lot of fun watching my own brain, watching my own spirit. When I say fun, I don't, I mean, this, you know, fun. Entertainment, <laughs> maybe more than enjoyment. <laughs> right, exactly. Watching myself have this incredibly dark experience of like, here's this thing that I wanted so badly. And like, thank goodness I have this healthy, beautiful baby that I have like been praying for. And 
and it's the worst I've ever felt. It's the most fearful and most uncertain and more in all these things that I've ever felt. And I was so, I'm in retrospect, I'm so grateful for all the training I've had, all the work that I've done on myself with in my relationship to myself, all the coaching, all the self-love and understanding and general like wisdom about life that I've been able to develop that allowed me me to use that experience to create deeper intimacy with myself as a human being, as an mm-hmm. animal even, right? Yeah. And I, I was able to know that entire time, you know, it was not without tears. Um, it was not without tantrums and freakouts, but at a deep, deep level, I knew the whole time, oh, this isn't actually the end of my life. This isn't my business imploding. This isn't me like making, you know, horrible decision to have a kid that I'm going to regret for the rest of my life. This is just a thing that I'm going through that's deepening me as a person. And uh, I held that trust. And at the end of that that rope, I came back <laughs> as we do. And yeah. I have never felt more like on fire creatively and in love with life and more ambitious. And that has been my experience of motherhood so far. And everybody whom I talk to is like, ha ha ha, that's just the beginning. <laughs> Like it's going to get so much worse, (laughs) but you know how they say like children are the best teachers, like having a kid is the best teacher. Mm -hmm. And that's been part of, part of lesson. And it's very, it's un, it's not dissimilar. Is that a word? It's not, not similar to what happens when people start businesses or when people start any major creative endeavor is that the first part of it, of the birthing can feel profoundly painful, disorienting. And when we resist it is where we slow down the work is when we create tons of friction that doesn't need to be there. When we embrace it and say yes to it and say, okay, this feels awful. And let me stay with it and see what happens, right? Let me use this not to be mad at myself, not to be mad at life, but to like I said, you know, to get to know who I am as a human being deeper and cultivate my capacity to love myself as a human being deeper. I think that's, that's where all the magic is. And I think that's what you teach your clients as well. Yeah. I mean, everything can be a healing journey if we let it. Right. When we don't resist business. it. Right. Yeah. And healing yeah. and expanding. Right. Mm-hmm. I think when you yeah. heal through something like that, you become a new version of yourself, a deeper bigger version of yourself if you let the work work through you. Mm -hmm. But I'm with you. I don't know how people do it and I don't know how they do it multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) You have one kid right to it. Yeah. I I don't really understand how we, how we, I actually went to a job too and I had onsite daycare and I remember Mm -hmm. I would bring my daughter and I had like this little shark cart and we would roll through the hallway down to her daycare. And I remember it wasn't until she was six months old that I actually felt like I was ready to do what I had been doing for three months already. Yeah. I was like, okay. So if, if we could give people six months, that's, I think that could really help. But hey, we'll give them three weeks. And that, that's, a, it's insufficient. Yeah, I and I think it's a, it's a crisis. It's hundred percent a crisis. And the, I just confirmed over, it's like became, I became so much of such a bigger feminist than even what I was before. I was already like Mm -hmm. the biggest, angriest feminist. But now (laughs) the only way women can do what we do is in a village with like 50 people helping us out. I mean, that used to be the world. And it's just absolute fucking insanity to, for women to be able to, uh, you know, we're expected to be to handle this mostly on our own and we're with oh i had help from like two family members and a friend like that's not fucking enough 
<laughs> you know, it like mm-hmm. literally takes a village. The only way that we will like survive this experience unscathed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so, even I think still scared. We have made, yeah, we have major like societal restructuring to do. Let's put our life coach brains together and figure this out, Karin. <laughs> I feel like there's an answer. We might even already know what it is. People just have to say yes. Yes to the things that work. I mean, I think mm-hmm. like if we talk about courage and joy, yeah. where we want to go and creating a business, creating a different way of living in the world, creating a new way of being in society, like it's really uncomfortable to say yes to what might work better. Just the way it is. Right. So right. don't expect it to feel good. Like if you think where we're going is going to feel good, I don't mm-hmm. think that's like accurate. And I think that's what we're sold oftentimes is like when you go and you're going to start your business and it's going to feel really good, you're going to get this beautiful baby and it's going to wear nice pastel colored clothing and it's going to be and soft gonna cool and cuddly. At you. <laughs> and you're going to take pretty family pictures for your Christmas card. (laughs) Right. All this stuff, all the stuff worth doing and the big change work and the identity change work, like it all is really hard and it does all feel worth it. I was talking to a client, we were wrapping up last night and I was like, is this what you expected? Cause she wanted to do a really big change in a very short amount of time. And I was like, we can do it. And I'm not going to tell you what it's going to be like but we're going to you know, talk about it and reflect on it afterwards. And she was like, I never would have signed up for that. I'm so glad I did it. I never would have signed up had I known what it would feel like. And I think that's true for a lot of things. A lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> After my baby was born, I remember looking at him being like, I am sorry I brought you into this terrible world. <laughs> I wanted you for me. Apologies. <laughs> But, you know, I'm also a very spiritual person, but I was like, there's, I'm sure here's a spiritual evolutional, like, lesson for you some, somewhere in this lifetime, but I'm, I'm sorry in advance for all the shitty things that I get that you're going to see and experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is there, I like to think about, like, if people were in a membership and this podcast was this paid offering and they had one piece of homework or one takeaway from Mm -hmm. what we've talked about so far that you would Mm -hmm. give them, Mm -hmm. what would that be? Oh, that's so good. And I love this idea of treating each podcast like you paid a lot of money for it because that's how you're going to, your brain's going to challenge itself to create a lot of value Mm -hmm. from it. I'm going to tell my people that, you know, we talked about joy and the courage and even like the uncomfortable, even painful emotions that you sometimes used to get through to get to joy. So I'm thinking about, you know, if you're listening to this, I bet, I'm betting that you are having a little hunch about the next courageous decision you need to make to create space for more joy in your life, more spaciousness, more boredom, more one of those things. Mm-hmm. I bet, you know, have an inkling of what that might be. What if you just made the decision right now that you're going to make that decision Mm -hmm. to allow for that to happen? So that one courageous decision that you know is going to create more joy, the one right right now that you're thinking of, you're like, oh no, I can't do that. It's like, go do that. (laughs) Yes, that one. Yes, please. Because that's the world where I want to live is where we decide to make decisions like that that kind of make it feel like we're a little bit on fire. Totally. That is the, that's the way to go. Okay. Perfect. Do your homework. You can DM me on Instagram. Tell me all about it. DM me too. Yeah. Or post Um, on your stories and tag both of us, whatever. There you go. That's the right answer. (laughs) If there is one. Okay. 
So I just want to ask a few kind of non-business questions so people can get to know you a little bit better. Sure. Is that all right? All right. What's one thing that you won't travel without? I'm laughing because I just remembered being at the stage of babyhood that you're at and I'm like, my breast pump. <laughs> I can't go anywhere without that thing. <laughs> no, I'm not breastfeeding anymore. <laughs> okay. I guess this is like a boring answer, but like really comfy shoes. You know, I, I remember oh, yeah. like in my twenties, I used to wear all of the high heels. And oh now God. it's like my back is fucked because of my baby. Thank you. And like yeah. everything hurts. And I'm like, I need really comfortable shoes. <laughs> I need like the most unsexy like tennis shoes. So I will, you know, mm-hmm. actually, Karin, next next week I'm on getting on a flight to Paris. And I'm going to be flying like first class, going to be super fancy and be staying at the Ritz. And the whole time I'm going to be in sneakers. Beautiful. I'm so excited for you and your body that you're going to support it in that way. Thank you. That's a lovely, lovely thought. What's a favorite restaurant experience that you've had? My favorite restaurant experience, I think, is always those places that are like hole in the wall. and when you walk in, you know, there's a history and you know, Mm -hmm. there's like human being, you can feel like the history of the human beings in this space and in the food, because, you know, I love a good, like five, five star fancy restaurant experience where the food is exquisite. Like I love all of that, but even more than beautiful, delicious food that I, that I I love, what touches me even deeper is getting a sense of the humanity. Mm -hmm. And I love any restaurant experience where I can feel like, Oh, I feel like I can like feel the wars that this grandma lived through before she made this. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, and luckily we have a lot of those places in Korea. They're vanishing, but they're there. And you can find those places in different areas like of Europe that you travel to, probably in the U.S. too. I think more in the U.S., more of like spaces that are run by like immigrants. It's like, oh, you're a refugee. I can taste that in this food. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. It's just like the complexity and the richness of the human experience in this little baba ganoush or whatever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. And as an online entrepreneur, how do you link in with your local community? I don't, and I don't like it. <laughs> my One of my issues is that I feel like a, like a transplant, right? I f- I'm, I'm mm. Korean. I've, I'm of Korean heritage, but living in Korea with my husband and my baby, I exist here as someone who has spent the, ma- the majority of her life elsewhere. And so I don't have friends. I don't have people that I like went to school with the neighborhood I, li- I live in. My husband grew up here his whole life, but I'm new here. And I have this thought that it's hard to make friends and I don't know where to start. And the pandemic hasn't helped certainly. Right. Right. And so, yeah. And I have, I have had this hunger to be connected more to where I live and the people here, but I only do that in the most superficial ways. Like when I go out to eat or whatever, I patronize the neighborhood restaurants, but I would, that's something I would like to work on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think from my experience, it's something that you have to keep working on because it's so easy to come back into the online box. Yeah. Agreed. What's a myth that other people believe about you that you let them keep? Um, nothing. I think I like to constantly break those myths. People think that I am relentlessly confident and I remind them every chance I get that I'm not and that I have breakdowns all the time. People think that I am just like always like fun and I'm not. Like I'm a very depressed person. <laughs> and I talk talk about that all the time too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And 
I, that's like, I think there's so much power there to just break people's illusions and help them feel more okay with their own human experience by telling them about my human experience and how it's okay for me. Right. Yeah. I I really appreciate that about you. Thank you. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that about you too. (laughs) Thanks. All right. Those are the questions that I have. And before we wrap up, I just like to ask if there's any other stakes you want to put in the ground or things you want to ask or check in on. I think this has been such a, such a beautiful and rich conversation. And Karen and I did a interview for my podcast when my podcast like first launched, I don't even like probably more than a year ago. Yeah. And I love that we got to circle back and why not just decide we're going to circle back again in like another year and a half. I don't know. <laughs> yes, let's so, do it. I'll be back on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that that is really fun. I remember our episode well. I just recently went back and listened to it because I was like, you know, all these things live out there. They exist still because of the internet. And I wonder once in a while, like, am I still standing for the same things? Do things still line up for me today like they did then? Not for any reasons to like beat myself up, but really like genuine curiosity. And our episode was fantastic. It was really fun. I think the most essential things that we believe in are the unchanging truths, right? The Mm -hmm. the things that we champion. And when we, when we confirm the truth of that, it just feels so good. I, I often have that thought about stuff I produced years ago and it's like, would I say it exactly the same way now? Probably not. But right. is the essence of it still just as alive and vibrant? Yes. And I think for that, we can pat ourselves on the back a little bit. Like, hey, we're doing a good job. <laughs> we're doing <laughs> we're it. Staying. We're out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if people want to find you on the internet and we'll link all the things in the show notes, where do you most... Yeah. Come hang Send out with them. me on Instagram. That's where I am a lot nowadays. I'm simone.grace.soul. Okay. You'll find the links. And yeah. All right. Well, thank you for being here and for being a, a place that brings more joy, a person that brings more joy. And a, what do you call that? You're like a joy extractor and a joy amplifier. Ooh, I love that. I think that's it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate and it. Thank you for having me. And thank you being uh, being such a calm, grounded, Zen center of power and influence as well. <laughs> you bet. I'm here for it. I love all the kinds. All right. Thank you. Hey, if you want a shot of fresh inspiration and actionable tips to improve your marketing every single week in your inbox, you better get on my email list. Sign up to receive my free ebook called 20 Unsolicited Copy Tips. It's been known to get people to come out of the woodwork and ask to work with you. So get on that link in the show notes and I'll see you in your inbox next time.